Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday afternoon. It's coming from a big Leviah, by the way, uh, a cousin of mine. So I'm a little uh, discombobulated, but I do want to do the Tefillah podcast for this week. And uh, I'll tell you what I was thinking of, you know, as we go to press, as they say, there's a war in Europe. Russia has invaded Ukraine. I was surprised. I'll tell you the truth. I don't understand it. I told my friends that the Russians will not invade because I cannot conceive that Putin wants to go back to a situation where you're oppressing all these people and they start um, freedom movement against you and they'll appeal to the Russian intellectuals themselves. I'm not 100% sure how Putin figures they'll have all this contained, but nevertheless, it's happened. It's happened. So that's the crisis for today, which you never know in this world with Biden or Trump or anybody else. Maybe it's a World War III vase finished. You know what I mean? What I mean is, that's not a joke. You're dealing with Russia, uh, international superpowers, who are breaking... The, on the other hand, if nobody does anything, then this is going. To, the next thing will be China... We'll invade Taiwan, and this one will invade this, and we'll go back to the 19th century, in which war is a constant, even among the great powers, and it's all a matter of the balance of power. You understand? Uh, we'll see. So the question becomes, as far as I'm concerned, since this is a Tefillah podcast, which is always sponsored by Mishpacha Stefanski, the question becomes, so where in our davening do you talk about this? It's not in... Um, you know, it's not the Where does one deal with the questions of every day? You understand? With the crises of every day. Because you can be sure that uh, all the different Jewish organizations now are trying to get in the act. There are, of course, 100,000 Jews located in Ukraine. There's others, obviously, I don't need to say it, located in Ukraine. I have uh, my daughter-in-law's family in the Moldova. You know, we understand the, the the situation. So where do I, as a yid, when I do three times a day Shem and Esrei, so where, where is that part supposed to be there? I mean, do you simply leave it for the end, by Yosef Sholem or something like that? Or is it part of the davening itself? It wouldn't necessarily seem so for his glance. However, I have to tell you what I'm thinking today, and the reason I'm mentioning this in the podcast today is, since it's before Purim, I always have a habit to do the Magmar McGill again, Masechna McGill, always before Purim. And I have a system where I go backwards. I do the fourth pack, the third pack, the second, and the first. It actually makes very good sense. I can even tell you I do the fourth, the, sec- the third, the second, and then the first half of the first, and only just before Purim do you do the Agarito. Then everything is just fresh. That's my system. You can do whatever you want. That's my system. So a little Polish over there, but it's my system. Now, um, here's the point. So, since I'm going to Mario McGill, I already did the fourth, and I did the third, now I'm in the second. So, I just noticed, because of the Gemara's over there, they talk, for example, I mean, I think today or yesterday, whatever it was, they talk about the Shemonesra, you know, they say that this is one they made. Many of you will be familiar with this. It should be on Daf uh, 21 or 22, I think. over here. Um, Shinago. 
wherever it is, it, it, where they where they talk, where they talk about you know the, the, this guy Shimon of Hakuli put together the seven entry, and why is it uh, Avos and then this one and this one and, and so on and so forth. So um, it's interesting, Rashi. That's, that's that's my point. Just one second. The seventeen B. Those needs to be at the, at the beginning, is it? Sorry about that. Yeah, here we go. Good Zion with base. And you know, it says that Mayor Vestrim is a Canaan by him. The beam taking the Shimon Esrei because of the Seder. It's a great people arranged the Shimon Esrei. He said, therefore, the order matters. It's not a chaplop. And they start going, but how do you know Abbas, Habal Hashem, Benayelim, and so on and so forth. And one of the things they get, it's a little strange, but nevertheless, it's a very famous Bryce. I know you've seen it because many of you have done Megillah, the Gemara, over the time. And when it gets to the Slach Lonu, so it says something like, Ma'ra Olomer Teshuv Achar Bina. Why do you do Hashiv Shabtin, Hashivainu Vinam Sarasechah after Atachone? You bring a proof text. Think about that. His heart will understand. And he'll repent. So the Gemara says, then that's Nidurifuenu. Notice, why do you have Goel? You know, it should be and then Rifuenu. Because the Pasik says, that's, uh, you know, teaches the Torah, but Shav, Barofalo. Right? Full bus with the, the Shuba. So he says, no. There have another Pasek. Why do you protect this particular Pasek? So he said, because it says, etc. Uh, now, the Gemara said, what about Shav, Barofalo? So here's the point I wanted to get to. Hahu lav refuah de tachluim he el refuah de slicha. That the more answer is there's such a thing called being healed, not of illnesses, but the refuah in the sense of being healed by slicha, by Hashem forgiving you. That's a very unusual, interesting concept, it seems to me. Okay? It seems to me. And um, I was wondering about it, so I just happened to look in the, in the uh, marshal in the back. You know, now they have the nice Gamoras. And uh, he says, he, de, I don't, he has a certain Mahalakh, which is not mine. But then he says, Viosinir Lafar shall be Mashkaza Rambam, the Shmona Prokham, the Holy Nefer Subukamacholia Goof. So, um, the idea, when you say Rufuenu and all that sort of thing, so it can mean two things. Usually, most of us, when we say Rufuenu, you think of somebody in the family who's sick, or one of your friends. I had a first cousin who passed away today, yesterday. She was sick for a long time. I always say Rufuenu. And other people as well. I myself got a bad cold and this and that and the other, so I did Rufuenu. That's what it's there for, right? However, there's also, as he says, the Rufuah, not of Tachlun, but Rufuah of Slicha. So what does it mean, Rufuah of Slicha? Right? In other words, that's Lachlun, it wouldn't mean Rufuah of Slicha. And he refers you to the Rambam, who in his famous essays and introduction to Perkyavis, in the third part, talks about, and the Rambam loves to do this kind of thing, he compares what we call moral illness to uh, physical illness. So to break it down in simple terms, I would put it this way. There's three types of way of being sick. 
Is it physical? Is it mental? Is moral? Physical, you know what that is. Mental illness, I guess we do know what that is nowadays also. And then there's moral illness, which our modern secular society does not, um, you know, uh, diagnose as an illness. Suppose I told you somebody's jealous or angry or bad or, or stingy or this kind of thing. You'd say it's a character trait. It's not an illness. You see, that's the difference between the modern way of defining issues and an older way, a Jewish way, and even not Jewish way of defining issues. The, defi- the, the So much of the world is dependent on how you defy things. Today, Putin is invading Ukraine because he's defining Ukraine as part of historic Russia. He could be full of it, but I'm just saying that's the that's what you do when you want, when, it, when you try to get something through. You play games with definition. And so there's no question that if somebody has, you know, a face, uh, you know, appendix attack or a heart attack or this, that, and the other infection, uh, there's a general huskama that that's what you call illness. And nowadays in our society, in the last 200 years or so, 150 years, there's a pretty good consensus of what we call mental illness. There, you understand? To describe certain conditions of the mind as indications of illness. The uh, This is always a tricky when it comes to halacha, because who says the halacha regards the same definitions? Uh, this is not simply a matter of, uh, you know, intellectual debate, but... Uh, it's been around ever since the uh, Get Me Cleaver back in the 18th century. Because suppose I tell you that the Magaris, the guy who's giving a get, is, uh, you know, mentally ill. Is that the definition of a shota? Does that mean his wife's get was no good and she's an aguna? This, my friends, was the big controversy back in the 18th century with the get of Cleves. And some, there are others, but mainly the get of Cleves. A Get Me Cleaver. Uh, but I would say today, and by that I mean even in the modern post-game, you know, Tzitzel, Yezer, those type of guys, there'll be a general consensus that certain things we, we all regard as a mental illness. You know, I don't know, the schizophrenia, you know, this, that, and the other, whatever, whatever it is, okay? Bipolar. Uh, these are terms you you never heard of before in halachic literature and in, in Torah thought, but they are now. But then there's something called moral illness, okay? Uh, moral illness. The guy cannot make good moral choices. There's a lot of people like that, including you and me. So, somebody was like this. First of all, in our society, with the completely secular definition basis, you might not refer to that as a problem whatsoever. As we see in America, that's what floats your boat. You liked it this way, and I like this way. You know, as long as you're not hurting anybody. In the secular society, and I mean enlightened secular society, the definition of something that's bad is... You know, uh, it hurts somebody, physically or mentally. But if it doesn't hurt anybody, it's, it's, it's your business. You know, this is, uh, you know, the the results of a sexual revolution in which the Gonsavella turned upside down. I'll tell you right now, if Saddam and Amar was here today, and you criticize you, you get fired. You, you understand? What, what's your problem? Now, on the other hand, uh, the Torah and Jewish thought in general, at least in the Middle Ages, chose to categorize these, the Rambam certainly does, under the category of illness. So there's such a thing as a person saying he's morally sick, he's just jealous all the time. 
That's an interesting way of thinking, right? The guy is morally sick. He can't control his anger. He thinks it's out of control, and, and, and he just has to act on it. Doesn't even try to do anything about it. Figures he can't do anything about it. And it could be a tiber for this. It could be anything, you see? Now, according to what the Marshal is saying, the Gemara is talking about, um, by Rifuenu, that uh, it can be category one or two. I, I, the reason I'm sharing with this, you, I don't think you usually think these terms. Or it could be category three. Could be referring to moral um, uh, challenges, moral issues. The Rambam, who of course was a doctor, very much likes the uh, idea of comparing the moral uh, failures to medical, physical ones. And he has this, a short chapter which everybody should read in what he called the Shemotah Prakul Rambam, which is his introduction to Perkyovis. It's originally in Arabic, but you can get it, of course, in Hebrew. You can get it online. You get it in English online. I just looked, I see it's on Safari, but I don't. I can't stand the translation. It's not for me. But I like the uh, Rambam La'am. It's in the... Uh, it's in the volume of Hakdam of the Pirish Mishnah. It's not in the volume of the Pirki Yavis. And you have the Shemot of Prakul Rambo. And what he goes on to say in his typical style, Yeshel Nefesh Briyas V'choli, to Moshe Yeshel Guf Briyas V'choli. That the Nefesh, you see? And he doesn't mean the mental. The Nefesh is the moral. So it's very interesting. There's like the, uh, the, the Guf, and I guess he would call it the Lave, and maybe the Nefesh. That was very hard to translate. But in his case, it's clearly the moral one. And um, all three have to be in good health. And the Rambam, being a doctor, and likes to use this following um, um, simile or metaphor, and he says, suppose a person has uh, is sick, physically sick. One thing it can do is affect your taste buds. Uh, as a result, your taste buds aren't acting normal. Now, he doesn't use the word taste buds, but that's how we would say it nowadays. And so something that's poison could taste good and something that's good can taste poison. That's not telling you anything about the thing itself. It's telling you about the screwed up state of your taste buds. So you'd have to have a, so a person who is smart enough to realize this would go to the doctor and say, I've got a serious issue with my taste buds. If I follow it, it leads me, it's going to immediately to drink bleach or something like that. And I know my, my mental uh, faculty tells me not to do that. So help me out. And the doctor may say, do this, take this medicine, whatever, and so on and so forth. Or drink the following. And even if it tastes ugly, it's really good for you. And the result will be, you'll, eventually, it will restore your sense of taste. You know, th- that kind of thing. Just multiply that all across the goof. Similarly, the Ramam then argues, and I'm paraphrasing here, for Koli Hanefesh. You get it? That a, that, that a problem is that a person will, will, will uh, think that he's making the right choice um, as he puts it over here. People have bad nefeshes or bad moral uh, compasses. Because their moral compass is screwed up they think that which is good is really bad, and vice versa. Okay? And so, that will lead you to miscalculate 
and make the wrong judgment on what's right and wrong. And therefore, even when the person feels, I'm doing teshuva, I'm on the road to the right thing, actually you're under control of the wrong moral impulses as your aids are controlling you. So in other words, you don't see things for the way they really are. So, so a person can stand and say, I think this is Gavaldi. A person can say, I'm sorry. It's all baloney. Why? Because the person is thinking like this. You know the trouble with me, Rabbi Shalom? I'm too nice of a guy. <laughs> right? I'm too generous. I've given away too much tzedakah. I've been too mavater. See, in his mind, it's wrong. He's so screwed up. In his mind, he's doing something wrong. And so imagine a guy with a long beard, you know, as a from guy in his mind, and is davening away and saying, save me from my generosity. Forgive me for my giving too much tzedakah. Help me out and let me get past this problem of being nice to my wife. You know, this is my biggest problem. Help me, Rabbi Shalom. Upstairs in heaven, the good Lord said, this guy's nuts. He said, well, he's not nuts. See, I have to refine the terms. It's not a mental illness. It's not a mental illness. The guy's not schizophrenic. He's not a bipolar. He's not this, not and the other. He's not, he's, not, he's not a paranoid. You understand? And here he is davening away, azoyan, azoyan, this and that and the other. And it's just all wrong. You understand? So the wise person, the Rambam says, will therefore do the equivalent of what a person who has a physical illness will do, and that is to go to the right doctor, obviously not an MD. But the same way the wise person says, you know, I got some real illnesses over here, and I got to go to see medical advice. And I realize the doctor may tell me to do things that are not pleasant, but I understand it's necessary to do in order to get better. Have you ever had an operation? I have. It's not fun. The recovery is definitely not fun. I'm not going into details, <laughs> but it's not fun. But it was necessary. As they used to say in the Middle Ages, that which is um, is necessary is neither to be praised nor condemned. It's necessary. So if you have a hernia operation, it's necessary. It's not, it's not good. It's not bad. It falls in the category of necessary. I mean, it's good in the sense, that, let, let me put it this way. It's good in the sense it's good for your health. So I shouldn't say it's not good. It is good. Um, that's the whole shot with the medicine that, you know, if God forbid it calls for something to be cut off, amputated, it's good. I mean, it's, it's not fun, but it's good uh, because of the, the higher goal. Now, move that to the area of the moral compass or the screwed up moral compass. The guy I just told you who is so messed up in his moral calculations that his whole davening, he could be fasting, he could be saying extra till him, all in service of a wrong idea. You understand? Of wrong tchuna. You know, uh, the trouble with me is I'm too unjealous. I should be more jealous. Rabbi Shalom, help me make more jealous. I'm going to have to, I'm going to face Monday, Thursday, and Monday. I'm going to give 10 times tzedakah to break me from the problem that I'm, I'm not sufficiently jealous. Make me more jealous. The whole idea is absurd, but he doesn't see it that way. Because he has a choli hanefesh. Choli hanefesh. Which is an interesting category, therefore. The choli hanefesh. And the marshal just if you have me learn Gemara Megillah and Yudzayin, so Marshall is making the argument, at least as I understand him over here, that um, when it talks about Rufud de Slicha versus Rufud Taklunim, when the person asks for Rufuenu, he wants Rufud de Slicha, so he's, he's, he wants to suggest, uh, the Marshall, that, um, that the Gemara has in mind what I just said, which is, in which case is fantastically interesting, which is I want to be saved of my moral screw-ups. 
So enlighten my eyes, Rabbanu Shalom, to realize that even though until today I thought that being jealous was a good thing, but now I finally realize, help me out, I appeal to you, help me to realize that some of the values that I was operating under were false. Help me so that, like the sick person, I will no longer pursue something that's sick, I will no longer pursue something that's bad for me, even if, until now, I thought it was good for me. Okay? Even though I, I thought it was good for me. So, you know, a person might say, I don't know, there are a thousand examples of this. Um, what should I tell you? It's, uh, you know, uh, help me out uh, in business. You know, uh, uh, the guy might say, you know, trouble with me is I'm too mavata, I'm too honest in business. I should start doing my share of stealing. Everybody else around me does. My wife screamed at me that I wasn't sufficiently crooked in business. Help me out, Rabbi Shalom. You see? But Rufo'enu means, no, no, no. Cure me of this moral failure, of this, readjust my compass, and make me see that, no, avoiding stealing is actually a good thing. And even if people around me tell me it's a bad thing, they're wrong. I want to make the right moral choices. So I think this, try this out, what I'm saying, what this Marshall is saying. Next time you have Rufo'enu, unless you're a perfect person, you don't need anything. He says, Next time you do Fuenu, you know, say, uh, cure me of, uh, what's the right word in English? Cure me of illusions. Okay? I may be under certain illusions, and maybe I don't even cop it. But, you know, Hashem is a funny way that sometimes He can send you a message through something that happens in your life, and that message is like a wake-up call to see things from a different angle. I've experienced that, and I bet you you have also. I'm sure you have. You know, you know that. I'm sure you have. Now, the thing is, um, most people don't do this. Uh, and he's suggesting that they should. And therefore, it was, the Gemara was machalak between the refu of Tachluin and the refu of the Slicha. Okay? In addition to this, I just wanted to touch on the fact that since I said there's a war going on, and you wonder the question, what is it you're supposed to daven for in the war? Okay? In other words, today, are you going to have a regular mincha? And just totally ignore the stuff that's going on in Eastern Europe. I mean, you can do whatever you want, you know. I'm saying, is that, is, is that what you're planning to do? So the Gemara here, it's all on the Zionomid base. He says, the Gemara here is talking about the order of the Shemines, right? Again, this just uh, 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 struck me. That's why I'm sharing it with you. I think it's timely. And the Gemara said, how come, uh, I guess, Geula is number seven, Bracha number seven. And the Gemara said, well, you know, um, that there's some kind of system of seven somethings, right? Seven, uh, you know, uh, years and things like that. Different interpretations. And at the end of that seven, let's say seven years. At the end of the seven years, then the, then the Mashiach is going to be here. Rashi says, It'll be different. It'll be unusual. Okay, now uh, how so? How be unusual? So it says, uh, you know, it'll start with wars and there'll be a famine and this, and that, and the other. And here's the point: the Gemara said like this: the Melchama nami the Gulahi. The Melchama that takes place during that seven-year period might be the beginning of the Gula of the Mashiach. So that's why the assertion is. The sages, when they constructed Shemon Esrei, put Gal Yisrael 
Goel Yisrael, and number seven in Shemun Esrei. But Rashi goes on to say that it's a cute vart, but that's not exactly what you're supposed to think of when you say Reino Vianino. Now, really, I bet you a lot of people, I have an occasion, Reino Vianino, Reino Golino, Malaman Shemecha, bring the Mashiach now. Of course, the problem is, what do you do with that Semach Tavi? But, you know, bring the Mashiach now. So Rashi says, Avagav the high Geula, love Geula the Golasi. Really, when you say Reino Vianino, Reino, I think this Rashi is very interesting, and you should follow up uh, those of you can, which I imagine most of the people listening to this podcast, and look on your design on base in the Rashi. When you say, you're not talking about the biggie, Mashiach, but rather, it's from temporary, local Soros and problems. So no, that's very, very interesting. What he's saying is, on a day-to-day basis, the Jews in, in the Golis in Israel have ups and downs, and they have good things happen to them and bad things happen to them. And we, we very often have a crisis somewhere. And when you have a crisis, what you're praying to Hashem is, you know, save us. So right now, I'm sure the Agoda I see is sending out to all the rabbis that they should, what do you call it, um, you know, gather and, and they're going to have a meeting today, you know, about the hidden 100,000 in Ukraine and what's happening. So that's the crisis of today. That's the crisis of today. For you and I sitting in the USA, who the heck knows with Biden and his advisors, maybe they'll pull the, the plug and, and, and press the button and we'll start World War III. I mean, anything, I don't think so, but you don't know. The point, I didn't think Putin would go in either. You don't know. And so life consists very often of either local, national, or international crises, um, threats. That is the re'enovian you pray every day. So when you go to Mincha today, for example, or Meyer, whatever it is, that you ask God, save us from the Tsars that hit. So to use our modern language, get the 100,000 getting out of there. Or, or something like that. You know you get what I'm saying? That's an appropriate davening. Uh, they're separate than the moral compass business, but that's what the Reino is, Rashi says over here. I repeat, there are other interpretations of what this means, etc. And uh, I don't think now's the time to go into all that. But I, since I happened to run across this today, and since I saw it in the Gemara and the Rashi and the Rambam and the Peshmer Prokham, and since Purim is around the corner, uh, I thought I would share that with you. And uh, I think it's food for thought. And I ask you, what do you have in mind when you say, t- for example, this week today, and with that, I bid you a good week and a good Shabbos. I want to thank, as always, Mishpacha Savansky for sponsoring the Tefillah Podcast, and we closed it down. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.